You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Jason Nitz of Warforged and Spent Case. There's this episode and over 440 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers. Hello, world. What is going on? You are listening to a very tired Blake who just got home from GearFest and is in the process of getting all these files together so that you can have a podcast tomorrow. I was just at Sweetwater. If you listened to last week's episode, you know I was at GearFest collecting a ton of content. So I did a bunch of videos. I don't usually do videos, as you're aware. It was my first time out with a like actual camera. I really didn't know what I was doing with it, but I figured the only way to learn is to throw myself into the fire and just try to climb out. And uh, I did learn a lot. I'm going to be learning even more as I move forward. But yeah, it was a, it was a fun experience. But what I did do, I recorded a bunch of podcasts while I was there. They set me up in Studio B there. They have an amazing suite of studios at Sweetwater, and I got to use one of them for the entirety of GearFest, and it was great. I was pulling people in as much as I possibly could. I was trying to grab as much content that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten to get. So I got some great stuff coming for you over the next few weeks, some of which you've seen teased here and there, some of which it will be a surprise. But this one, I thought that this particular interview slash, well, it's not really an interview. It's a conversation. It's a conversation with a bunch of people who've all been on the podcast before, who are part of the whole Tone Mob and greater guitar gear podcasting slash media slash building slash slash, I don't know. I'm very tired right now. I'm just going to be straight up with you. I'm very exhausted while I record this. Anyway, we have Emily from Get Offset. We have Jason from Working Class Music. We have Zach Broyles from Mythos Pedals slash the Dipped in Tone podcast. Yeah, they've all been guests on the show before. They're all super cool people with super cool perspectives. And I basically came at them with a gear fest recap of sorts. This was recorded in the morning of the last day of GearFest, which was yesterday as I record this, two days ago as of the publish date, but yesterday for me. Anyway, we went through and kind of just talked about GearFest in general and then just got into some higher level topics about the way we make music, the way we think about music, and just some just general conversations. And I really, really, really enjoyed this episode. So let's get right into it. This is not the first episode I recorded at GearFest, but I thought it was a nice primer for all of the episodes to come, which were recorded at GearFest. And for the patrons, just so everyone's on the same page, the patrons are going to get a big, huge pile of podcasts dropped into their feed very, very soon. Probably before the end of the week, I'm going to attempt to have all of the GearFest podcasts available early for patrons. So you're going to get them way, way in advance of the public. So if that's something 
that you would like to get early access to, along with all of the exclusive interviews, you can go to patreon.com slash tone mob and help out the show there and get just a big old pile of content, a huge, massive pile of content. All right. Anyway, you get the idea. Let's get into this episode. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. With me today, I have Zach Broyles from Mythos Pedals. Hello. Emily Harris from the Get Offset Podcast slash YouTube show. Yeah. And Jason Mays from Working Class Music Media Empire Extraordinaire. <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah. Maybe sound like I'm Suge Knight or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be. Oh, gonna yeah. be. You're going to yeah. be the Suge Knight of gear demos. Yeah, I'll just hold vanilla yes, ice I... over. <laughs> sign over here, right? Yes. <laughs> like, who are you going to hold over the balcony? Probably yeah. Xander. <laughs> oh, probably Xander. Probably. Yeah. Got to be the white boy. Yeah. Your token white boy. Yeah. 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 It's got to be him. <laughs> so we're at the last day of Gear Fest. We've all had some time to absorb the Gear Festivalness. Yes. And uh, how are you guys feeling right now? It's it's an interesting thing. It's cool, but it's it's different. Yeah, very different. Because I think I approached it thinking it's going to be like Nam or something, mm-hmm. but it's totally not. Right. I have Emily? no idea what to expect. I kind of went in without expectations, um, and I'm glad because I I, I mean I, I I couldn't have possibly have had the correct expectations. This right. has been astounding. <laughs> nice. It's still been loud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, mostly because of the JBL booths. Love them. Sounds great. But every once in a while, you just hear them showcasing how to turn things up and how good it sounds that loud. I'm like, that does sound very good. However. It, it also <laughs> sounded that same level yeah. of good like five times ago. Oh, know? yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jason, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, so far, this experience has been wonderful. Like, Sweetwater's been awesome. Uh, the only thing I would change is a little bit more sleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but at the same time, uh, I think I was telling Tia, I was like, you know what? I'm exhausted a little bit, but I'm so happy to be here. It's like, I'm still waking up early and being like, let's go get the day. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like, I don't know why they thought to start the first shuttle at 7.30. 7.30. I, I, yeah. Don't I know what still, we are? Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit much for me. I did do it the oh, first day yeah. and I could have done it today, actually. I, I woke yeah. up and I was like, I don't think I'm going back to sleep. And yeah. I got my whole family here. So I'm just like laying there in the dark going, I could really use an extra hour, but I'm also not going to get it, I don't think. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think it depends on what time zone you come from. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I wake up and I was like, oh, this is fine. This is that, great. That's how it was the first day. I woke up and I wanted to say it was like 5.30. I was like, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, like today is like, it finally kicked in. Because like last night we were hanging out and I was just like, I'm getting really sleepy. Yeah. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, I'm still tired. And yeah. I was like, but I was like, you know what? I'm here and I would, I am happy about that. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to leave the hangs. Yeah. But also, I, I know I'm, I'm going to wake up when the sun comes up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at, I don't know. I think everybody, everybody looks like they're going fairly hard at it. Like I kind of came in. I was like, I'm going to get as much as I physically can get done. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm not going to have this opportunity at any other point. Like, let's do everything that you possibly can. Take advantage of the situation and get stuff that 
people might find interesting that you can't do from the comfort of your own shred shed. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> the comfort of your own shred shed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fairly comfortable. Yeah. Not as comfortable as this, though. I never, never in my wildest dreams expected to be in a nice studio like this. Pretty yeah. swanky. The whole place yeah. is like... And this is nice. Yeah. yeah. I heard they had their own I heard they had their own spa. Oh no, Do I got really? my haircut. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. I got a haircut. Shout out to Maria. Oh, Maria. She was great. I looked like uh, a glamorous rock star yesterday. And how's that different than any other day? I mean the hair. Okay. When you right. get a blowout, yeah. it really, right. you know, it does. Oh thing. my god. It was so <laughs> voluptuous, my hair. And I'm like, I need I need to wait to film until it like mellows a skosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was Atia like uh, when y'all were coming up to the, the the balcony last night. She's like, I didn't even recognize you. <laughs> like, no, yeah, because my hair looked good. <laughs> I think uh, it was funny because I think I saw you at the Gibson booth right after, and I was like, oh, that's Emily. And I was like, oh, the hair looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I they were like, what are you most excited about? I'm like. It's not the haircut, but that's like, for some reason, I'm really jazzed about that. It well, made me you, feel like really yeah. like... You feel good. It made me feel special. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, We're taking care of your haircut. I'm like, Nice. 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 Great. So other than your haircut, like, has there been any gear stuff that you... I mean, obviously, we all knew who was going to be here. But was there anything that took you by surprise so far or anything that stands out as like, wow, I'm super glad I would have never known this existed or I would have, I didn't realize this was as cool as it was or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, the Supra Royale amp. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I have enamored with it. Like, it has a lot of great tone possibilities. It has, you can toggle for kind of like a, a more of a clean fender sound or toggle mm-hmm. down for a good Supra sound. But one cool thing is you turn the master volume down all the way if the reverb is still up. You just it, you just get the wet signal. It's Ooh, just the reverb. Uh, that was pretty cool. That is like cool. an old Silvertone trick sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I, like that. I yeah. heard Rhett, Rhett was playing with it. It was pretty cool. He he loves that reverb. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, I I played that the new Black Star amps. Oh, I haven't got oh, to try those did? yet. It's really good. I I felt like a lot of the demo videos sold them a little short because they look great. That you know it has a logo that lights up, mm-hmm. very matchless mm-hmm. sort of inspired, but. When you plug into it, especially like a humbucker guitar, you're like, oh, that's that British thing that you expect Blackstar to do. And it really sounds good. Oh, that's cool. It really weighs nothing. Oh, yeah. It literally does. And the the SE Silver Sky, Mm -hmm. I I hadn't played one. And it boggled my mind how good it was for the money. It's insane. Did you play it back to back to the... uh, Well, I played the core right after. And the mm -hmm. core is definitely... Like, you can tell, like, that's that's a PRS core. Right. Mm -hmm. But the SE was... I mean, there's no slouch, and and I mean, I don't know, Fender, like, eh. pay attention. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the pickups were really when I played it at Guitar House, it was really unique. Like mm-hmm. every every setting did sound so different. Well, it it reminds me of a vintage, the uh, S style guitar. I mean, it's it like they're doing it right. I mean, and John, yeah. I mean, talk about a guy that knows, but uh, it really surprised me. Like genuinely, it takes a lot for me to get shocked by a guitar. Mm-hmm. So you played a few. I yeah. played a handful yeah. in my day. <laughs> Just a couple. I played there's some place called Carter's Vintage. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know. talk about it. A drink. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I would add on. A, I mean, like you already know. You you were there yesterday. You already know. It, I was. Yeah, I, not to say I haven't had uh, much experience with Ernie Ball because I've had, but I was just like the the Cutlass. Just all their guitar, like everything that we played there. Um, 
was just amazing. Like, yeah. I was like, is this, I was like, is this just like my first time playing like an Ernie Ball outside of like a big box music store where it's actually set up like, and like, and yeah. I'm just missing this wow factor. But for me, that was, I was like, this plays great. It sounds great. It's like, maybe it's the amp. I don't know. Like, but no, me, I can tell those you. Those victories not just are the cool, amp. though. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. are they're, cool. They're cool. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I had demoed um, the Stingray guitar, I'm like, this is legitimately the nicest guitar I've ever played. It felt so good. Like, there, were, I felt like there were no flaws in it. And I'm like, this is almost like uncanny valley of like perfection in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people sleep on Ernie Ball. Yeah. yeah. As far, I mean, like, when I was growing up, and it, like probably for you too, like I think most of us only consider Ernie Ball to be like a bass company, yeah, because like, everyone played like Stingrays mm-hmm. and stuff, and yeah, I mean there were there were guitars, but um, I think they were an afterthought in some yeah. ways, yeah. yeah. I but, mean, not for them, but for uh, in for, like the early two thousands, yeah, and, like you know late nineties, I think everyone like you know there were to- there were so many electric guitars, but in the past few years they've always had that quality, but I think they're starting to become. It, it more more part of the conversation as they should because they're yeah. incredible instruments. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have no idea if this is true. This this is just me spouting like internet nonsense that I that I've heard on forums over the years. Which you know it must be true. It's on the internet. But I heard a rumor that Paul Reed Smith was at a guitar shop and he you know was there with his guitars doing some sort of presentation. And obviously we know PRS's reputation for quality is yeah. well deserved. You know. And they, he said, I'll put this up against any other guitar in the shop. And then somebody's like, grabbed a music man. And so <laughs> he's like, he's like, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim Pierce was just peeking in here. Well, get in here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't have any idea if that's true. But I've heard that rumor floating around the internet for a while. And it's true, though. I do think music man are up there. Oh, yeah. And, Absolutely. And it it is kind of slept on. I played the... The Kaizen, the Tosin Posse oh, one. I, I oh, I did play too. That. that was great. <sighs> I gotta play it. It's super cool. Yeah. Like, it's not really, yeah. like, something I think people would think of me playing, mm-hmm. but I definitely would. I was <laughs> I was having a good time with it. I picked up the Majesty 8 because I, I demoed the Majesty 7. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, this is officially too many strings. The 8? Too eight. many? Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, I'm just gonna, I would need, I would need a lot of time with it. Yeah. It, Getting McKinley that works with me that you guys have met, well, you know, through all this, he got an eight, and it's all about like finding the tuning that works for you as a player. Yeah, yeah. They, like you, you can't just go to it and have it tuned down and like you know the normal guitar tuning and expect it to be like click in your in your brain. But yeah, they got ten minutes. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. man, well, that sounded like a, like a Godfather esque threat. Like, <laughs> tell them they got 10 minutes. No, no, no. I just that's the schedule. There yeah, was yeah. a question about sh- uh, shuttle schedules. Oh, got it. Yeah. I just realized I left my charging cable for my phone in one of the shuttles. That's cool. Oh, hmm. man. Ooh. I don't never get it back. Be. I bet they sell them here. Oh, they yeah. probably I do. Know they, they sell yeah, everything. They totally do, yeah. They sell SD cards because I know I, Ryan Burke ran out of SD cards. Well, we got that fantastic Tascam one. The, the little recording device. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it didn't have an SD card, so I, we came and yeah. we got that yesterday. All right. There. That Tascam ha- is amazing. It's really cool. It like, looks I awesome. Was, like, that, that just has different built-in settings for, like, different um, processes. Like, oh, are you doing music? Are you doing a podcast? Mm-hmm. Oh, there it is. Yeah. The, uh, oh, port- we can put it on camera. Look the at this. Porta Capture yeah. It came with batteries, X8. but not an SD card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you turn it on so we can... I'm sure it I haven't opened mine yet. 
I it's it. on the side. Oh, I got to open mine tonight because uh, it's coming with me on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... um. A big touch screen. You can do some podcasting on the plane. Oh yeah, we're just, I you know, like. Seriously, that. that's awesome. No, no. Oh, oh man, I gotta do something. My seatmates will love me. Yeah. So yeah, that's just. Uh, let me go home. Oh. Uh, general settings, like it's it's got even camera settings. I can't. did we say the name of it or did we say that yeah. task cam thing it's the oh, yeah, it capture. The launcher view mm-hmm. and it has different like if you want to do music or just voice but then there's this different podcast one oh yeah. that's and exciting and it's there's got a tuner perfect it's got like through uh it's got like a through thing for mm-hmm. a camera on the side so you yeah. can like run then, it through your camera and it's dude. got a shoe and everything to mount it yeah. to oh. a camera or a cage or whatever I recommend I, yeah, I didn't I realize how getting, cool it was yeah great. I recommend doing a cage what what's funny is uh my husband had like a much older version of this and I, <laughs> I I got it got stuck like the spring and it broke so it wouldn't like let it out. I I tried taking the whole thing apart gingerly and like the last physical thing you can get to is that. And I said, I guess I so then I just like the, the mic cable was just forever in it. Holy crap, is that a tuner? It is a tuner. Yeah. yeah. It's got a built in tuner. <laughs> you wanna sing? Yeah. No, oh no. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think it was six. No. How low can you go? <laughs> it's also uh this is pretty amazing. You can't go that high. Okay. It's really cool. That is. Yeah. Very nice. And and the built-in XY mics. Yeah. Like on the top. Yeah. So. And then you can even we, rotate them the other can way. You can you take those out and yeah, and you can put another there's those two eighth uh, eighth inch oh, jacks that, on the top. This is yeah. even cooler. I thought it so was. You could run like labs or something. Yeah. Or, uh, That's honest. so rad. Or a converter because yeah. you can you can get those converters and you can do just six standard mm-hmm. inputs. Honestly, That's I got awesome. that and I was just like, after that mix cast, I was like, does it kind of make the mix cast redundant? And I was like, am I just being a hoarder? Like, Well, the mix <laughs> yes, cast has fine. a lot of other features mm-hmm. like than, than that does. Um, like the, it's easier to control levels. It's not as portable. It's still pretty portable. It didn't weigh very much. Because we also, a couple of us got the MixCast 4. And I've been wanting one of those for remote podcasting for a while. I I think that that's probably easier to do if you have like the time to set it up. If you're really on the go. Mm-hmm. And, and this is like handy cam kind of thing. The perfect backup for anything too. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I mean, it weighs like a pound or something and you could always have a studio in your pocket. Yeah. I was floored so. by how lightweight it was. Yeah, it's great. USB-C, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, really cool. Really cool. That is yeah. super cool. I'm excited to play around with it. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Airplane podcasting. Here we Here come. We oh, so, I've, I've, actually, I've used those to podcast on um, trains. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I, I I was... The first time I think I was going up to the Vancouver Guitar Festival show or whatever, I wanted to do kind of like an NPR-style thing. So, I like had it out on the... The train, like kind of awkwardly, like in the meal cart. And, like, <laughs> and I'm on my way to Vancouver, and right, we just passed a shipwreck on the train on the Amtrak, and it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, so what's on the agenda for for today? I know you you're doing a live podcast oh, later. Yeah, yeah. So I, I somehow Rhett uh, and uh, and his his cohorts mm-hmm. uh, coerced Sweetwater into letting us do a live version of Dipped in Tone. Uh, I have. Our, our plan is very loose. I, I, I have no idea where we're doing it or what to expect, but we we apparently are doing it and live streaming it on Rhett's channel. So 
Okay. Wow. Oh, wow. So oh, doing, I didn't realize it was, just, oh, it was also streaming live. Yeah, yeah. It's, That's it's, awesome. It's going to be the whole thing. So. Are you wow. using a mixed cast four? No, no. <laughs> we've got uh, like a black, black magic or some some sort oh, of like nice. yeah. a live streaming like camera switcher and that all. He, oh, he, he has wow. a like a portable live streaming rig that he built for the JHS uh, Pedals and Musical. Yes. Mm. Oh, Rhett did that? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yes, yes. Not just playing guitar on it, as, no, as one no, may it, think. It was part of that, and I think it was part of his backstage live setup too. Uh, even though that's like that—that that was way more complicated. I don't know if you guys saw that, where he had he would have like a live performance in his basement mm-hmm. and have cameras and like an audio engineer. But uh, yeah, it's it's it. He he's got some gear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and knows yeah. how to use it. Yeah, and I'm sure the audience knows this, but since we were just gave first names, that's Rhett Scholl, yes. YouTuber, people who watch this or listen to this know who he is. I am sure. Yeah. But in yeah. case you, in case we just, that could have been an any Rhett. We, we didn't, we just left it at that. Yeah. I don't, you know? I don't even know Rhett another. Miller. I don't know another Rhett. I know a couple yeah. Rhett. I was going to say, yeah. I don't know another Rhett. <laughs> I just know Rhett Miller from the old 97s. Mm-hmm. Not personally. Oh, no. What are you doing the rest of the day? What do you guys got cooking? Uh, I'm um, tagging along for their episode of uh, Working Class Music at UA. Ah, I'm nice. actually, I think I'm meeting with ESP Guitars. I'm going to try to film some of the Martin guitars because I <laughs> I was walking down um, from like my haircut and I see at the Martin booth like an old friend of mine, Ramin, uh, and he does a lot of their product stuff. He has a, he like worked on a couple of the Martin patents. Mm-hmm. And he really worked on that offset acoustic that series that they have. Cool. So that was that was really cool. Like I was just like. I almost cried when I saw that. I was so excited. <laughs> You're like, like, hey, no. That guitar is is incredible. You, oh, yeah. You can the, adjust the, the intonation by moving the neck. I haven't played yeah. it. It's insane. Is that the, is that oh, wow. the, the premier version or is it all of them? I, I think it's just that real yeah. high-end one. But yeah, there's yeah. a set screw. You loosen the strings and you can push the nut out to set the intonation. So you're not moving the bridge, you're moving the nut. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And, and the, the neck on that, it's 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 a very it varies. Like uh, at some places... It's wider on one side for like your cowboy cores and it changes as you get farther up. Mm-hmm. So you really do have completely full fret access in a way I've never had on an acoustic guitar and wow. haven't had on every electric. Do they have one here? Oh, yeah. There's, a, there's, there's the different tiers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really cool. I wasn't going to go by there, but now I might have to. Yeah, that sounds to. really cool. And yeah. you have to play that the Rich Robinson, the aged the D28, No, yeah, incredible. I did. I really liked that. I wasn't expecting to like that one as much. But um, yeah, and then they have their two two and a half millionth guitar that really special Whoa. bejeweled one yeah i want to play it that's I a lot of it, guitars i that's saw a- it at nam but it was in a glass case and kind of elevated but the way we can see it now because it was at nam it's here and then it's going back in their museum mm-hmm. uh you can actually look in the sound hole and see they have like these little mini plaques or whatever that commemorate different things have romaine give you a tour of that guitar it's cool i had I, I put one on um tiktok uh, just him talking about it um, it's really, really neat. Super cool. We got real diamonds on it. Real yeah. diamonds. Oh, no. like, oh, let me go and ahead. It was, and, um, <laughs> and it was uh, Chris Martin the Fourth's yeah. wife's late wife's jeweler who did it. Wow. So it's a labor of love and that. And then the pit guard is um, like uh, a map of New York City, and it has like the original factory with a ruby there. Oh wow! And then the the headstock has the stars of Bethlehem because they're. Um, 
Bethlehem, Bethlehem. Pennsylvania, yeah, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. I, was like, I, should, I was like, state, come on, state, yeah. come on, state. I should say not to be confused with Chris Martin from Coldplay because yeah. that looks like a Coldplay guitar. <laughs> like, I saw it and I was just like, Chris Martin, and then it had to register for a second. I was like, yeah, that does look like the album cover of Coldplay, like something they did. Martin, no, C.F. Martin yeah. in the fourth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was... It, was, it felt special to be able to see that. Like, yeah. I'm like, wow, I feel like this is kind of exclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jason, you're going to UA, obviously, as yep. Emily touched on. Funny, funny enough, uh, I'm working with these two today. Oh. So I'm I'm a guest on the podcast. I was looking at the schedule. Nice. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know how that... So everybody's apparently a guest on the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. I, or, yeah. Was, or were they just telling us to go to I think we're just there? going. I think. I think. But I don't know. Does Rent know? It's not. No. <laughs> well, I'm inviting myself. Do you want like, like, I'm planning on going. I well, just I'm don't inviting know. myself as a guest on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Walk up that that was like, a power move, man. Was like, I'm going on this podcast. <laughs> Guys, uh, I'm here to be dipped. <laughs> yes. All right. Like, Rhett, I'm here. Yeah. Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have been expecting me. You've been expecting. <laughs> that's what the show. Oh, you're not? Okay, I'm still here. Uh, so. yeah, it's on the schedule. It's on the schedule. I don't know what's going on. Well, they kind of did that with the rodeo games too. Like a lot of us thought, oh, we're we're going to do the game. Cool. I don't know about you guys, but I was doing push-ups. I was training. You know, I was ready to throw some I, gas. I was not wow. training. <laughs> I was not training at all. <laughs> I was like, you I still, got it. You still won. I did. You still won. Good for you. Well, you didn't even win. I was just like, man, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be because like, when we were throwing the water bottles, like, I actually oh, that was cut myself was on the, the stage and I was just like, I was like, oh, I am bleeding, but this shirt's red, so no one's going to know. That's <laughs> so metal. <laughs> so, yeah. so I was just like, oh, but yeah, it was a lot harder than it looked. I will say that before I go off on that it tangent. Actually, it looked pretty hard. Yeah. yeah. No, th- those games, look like, those games were a lot harder because I was just like, oh, I'm usually a gym buff. And I was like, uh, outside of like mm-hmm. depression in life, I was just like, I'm not going to the gym. I'll be all right. And mm-hmm. I was like, and then you got Dovidas over here, just like, <laughs> like you know, just swole as hell. And I was like, oh, he's on and my I, team. I'll I'm definitely blanking be on right. that drummer's name. He that I've never seen someone jump so much. Oh, Casey yeah. Cooper. Yeah, Casey yeah. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Like he could just like do a vertical jump onto the stage. Yeah. He did it a bunch of times, and he would jump off the stage and do like a big kick. Like I'm like, well, he's like rather very, tall. Yes, he is tall. He's, he's tall. athletic though. Yeah. Tall is yeah. not guaranteed athleticism. Yeah, he yeah. also could kick like. My head off. Yeah. Like, oh, and then he threw the sticks at the gong. He got three in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that was like thirty feet. Yeah, but you know what was amazing was afterwards when he was juggling them. Yes, and, and then he threw yeah. it. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Like when he did it the first time, I was just like, "Damn, he's good." And then he did that, I was like, "Wow, oh, he's really." <laughs> oh, good. it's like that. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be like that. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, that that was fun to watch. That my biggest contribution is uh, I was drinking a water, and I was like, "Huh." I don't see any garbage cans. And then I was like, oh, there's a garbage <laughs> can right up there. And it hadn't started. That part yeah. hadn't started. I was it's like, like, wow. That's they, a weird place to put a garbage like, can. They drank a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> and I just put it. And so th- I just kept seeing my, all of them had the labels taken off, except mine. Mine was <laughs> kept just launching up with the, with the one bottle. Oh, so whoever labels. edits that is going to be like, I told him not to put Niagara bottles in there. We'll find out today. So it's got this one little blur, just like trying to track one blur across the stage. I kept seeing it go. I'm like, that wasn't a garbage can. Okay. (laughs) I was like, this is a weird place for a garbage can. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoever adds that's going to be pissed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I told him not to put any labels on. (laughs) Legal's going to kill me. Yeah. It's wild, but I can't. I can't wait to watch the edited version because, like, the trailer would look pretty good. I was like, "Oh, I haven't seen the trailer." Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. The trailer that was fun. 
Like, cause they, they did everybody for the bumpers. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, okay, going in. I was like, what, what are we doing? And it's like, oh, this is super professional. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. this is, you know, and then I saw the final product and I was just like, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I, Give them a raise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we're talking like inside baseball a little bit. If people haven't seen it yet, I, or I don't know if this might come out before it gets published. What I thought we're talking they were trying about, to publish it this weekend. Oh, are they? The they, full thing? Oh, yeah. They're, I think they're premiering it today. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, I was shocked by the turnaround. Okay. Well, in that case, we're talking about rodeo games, and it's roadie Oh, so that's funny. Yeah. That was, that's the, that was a better name than the Roadie Olympics. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. So there, it's just basically a spin on weird situations a roadie might find themselves in and two teams yeah. competing against each other to try to win. And you should definitely go watch this video if you're listening yeah. or watching this, you know. I, it's awesome. I, I posted like one clip of the, the, the microphone stand-up thing and people were like, oh, it's like Wayne's World. I was like, oh my God, yeah. it is. Yeah. But they were like, where's the tennis balls? Right. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. How about you? Me? Yeah. Today? Uh, I don't want to jinx yeah. it, cause I, but I'm like kind of nervous that because these things, you know, you when you get really excited about something, that's like the thing that falls apart half the time. But like supposedly at 11, I'm interviewing Shabo from System of a Down. And yeah. Like, oh, nice. I, I, will, yeah. I will definitely be coming back around. <laughs> yeah. So I'm inviting myself on that. I'm like, I'm like, oh, because I went to the Ashdown booth and those those guys were great. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they're nice. And yeah, we yeah. were talking about because I'm actually bought a bass. That's like the last thing I did before I came down here. <laughs> and I was like, I don't have a good bass amp. So we were nerding out on stuff. And I said, Well, I want you guys to come on the podcast because this is so cool. It's like you and your dad, your dad who started the company, who came from Trace yeah. Elliott. I'm like, Oh, this yeah. is a great story. Like, I totally, totally perfect for the podcast. He's like, We'll do that sometime. But who you really need to talk to is Shavo. I'm like, He's yes. gonna be here. He's like, yeah, he's coming on Saturday. I was like, yep. And he's like, let me text him. Like, ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I'm. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that yeah. that goes according to plan because he'll be sitting here hopefully in a right. couple hours. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. the thing I'm most jazzed about, clearly. Do you, like, get, uh, do you get nervous? Yeah, an hour. Do I get nervous? Things? Not really. I kind of, I get excited. Yeah. Mm. But I don't really get nervous. I, I've had a few episodes with people I really admire mm-hmm. and. I've ripped that Band-Aid off already and and feel like I did a pretty good job. So yeah. I've kind of, I don't get nervous anymore. I'm sure there's somebody, like I'm sure if I was interviewing Paul McCartney, I'd get a little sweaty. Oh, yeah, okay, I mean, you, well, you, you go full Chris Farley. Wait, could I, could I curse? Uh, I mean, you you already did. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, to be a were you and a shovel, I would be brick. Like, I, I'm not going to lie, especially like, now, growing up, System of a Down was one of my favorite oh, bands Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ever. Toxicity so, did not leave my my Walkman yeah, and I, for a year and a half. <laughs> and I th- yeah. Walkman, wow. Yeah. I was, like, was going to say Discman. Yeah, yeah Discman. Discman. Oh, it was yeah. a Discman. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. But, sorry, um, sorry. Yeah. but yeah, I was going to say, because you were the one who told me yesterday, I was like, oh, yeah, Arrow's my favorite song. I was like, actually, did you know Shavo wrote that? I did not. And then Ooh. I went, ooh. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. I forgot who it was, but I'm giving them credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty excited. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like, okay, that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Don't. Yeah. And then be me like, oh, I forgot to arm the track. Oh, here we right, go. Yeah. But no, it should be. It should be pretty good. And I've been told by multiple people that he's super cool. Actually, a guy I interviewed, uh, he goes, but he's a producer primarily, or at least that's what he's known for. He goes by Morgoth Beats. 
Um, he's done stuff with the uh, Juice World and oh wow, and uh, uh, MGK actually, and then recently he was doing something with Shavo. And so I I had him on the show because he's also in a metalcore band called Winds of Plague, and he's just a oh. super cool dude. Oh, you know that band? Yeah, I know Winds of Plague. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, they're so good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a he's a really cool dude, Michael. But yeah, Morgoth Beats is what he goes by, and he was doing something with Shavo. So. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to talk to him about that too. So yeah, I know Sweet. I know that he's doing the live stream at some point, Shavo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, does that start? That starts at three. I, I think so. Okay. Yeah, because he's coming in and like, I think I'm grabbing him just after he does a sound check or something. I'm not exactly yeah. sure, but because I, I went down to that booth, I'm like, oh, I'd like to film today, and they're like, uh, there might not be anybody here, but you're welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> like, we got a hold of rock stars. Yeah, hand, you know. Yeah, Jared James Nichols came in today. Yeah, I saw him. Yeah, I, I'm buddies with him. Yeah, yeah. He's I never met him before today. He seems super chill. Yeah. He's, super uh, he's also even larger than I thought he was. Yeah, that dude yeah. is, uh, not only is he tall, that dude is jacked. Yeah, jacked. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Whoa. man. Yeah. I was like, I was like, when you guys were talking, I was like, I yeah. hope he doesn't hasn't watched rodeo games yet and seen how I was throwing those bottles at him. Oh, he saw it. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, oh yeah, he's probably gonna just come over there and just like punch my head off. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> he's he's he a seems nice. sweet guy. He's so I, nice. I saw him at um God, I guess it was last year's Summer Nam at the Hailstorm show. And I was like, He's tall. Yeah. You don't usually expect musicians to look that athletic. Yeah. It's, it's funny though. His, uh, so he, Jared James Nichols, my my wife's name, her maiden name is Nichols. Mm -hmm. And all her family is So like, is my wife's tall. maiden name. Oh, really? Is they all tall? Oh. No. Oh, I was like, <laughs> that's weird. I wonder if all the Nicholses are tall, but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Statistically, it seems unlikely. Yeah. I, well, yeah, but you I don't know. know. You never know. You funny never enough know. though, like the cutout we were throwing at, I thought that was like a super tall cutout. And I, I was think like, it's no, life size. Now, now I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's that's life size. <laughs> like it dawned on me after I saw him this yeah. morning. I was like, that's life size. Yeah, you mm -hmm. see him play Les Paul and you're like, man, it looks like a, that was a small guitar. Yeah. It's like one of those Harmony Junos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I uh, interviewed uh, Peter Dinkelson. He was actually the first person that I had talked to and him and Didi, his mom. And yeah, they were talking. He, he played with Jared here recently, which uh, was pretty cool. They were super stoked that he was going to be here, but they they missed him. But they they did, they did, I don't think they knew what the cardboard cutout was for until that day because they had uh, seen him walking around with it and Peter took a selfie with it and sent it to him. And uh, so, yeah, they were pretty, they were pretty bummed they had to jet out of here before he got here. But, you know. Got to be nerve wracking playing with a guy like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, not that he's like going to intimidate you just except for his, his exceptional prowess yeah. Yeah. instrument. But Peter, I, Peter held it down. You oh, know? he's a great player. He's too. great, and that kid, like, he's not a kid. He's he's in his twenties. But you know, he, this is old man Blake here over here talking. But I was like, that kid is impressive. Yeah, like yeah. he's a good player. Yeah. Well, you know, it was really when I was interviewing. He's like, oh yeah, it was, I've been playing for about six years. I'm like, I quit. <laughs> six oh, years. Six years. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh jeez. Oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. like, well, I've been playing since I was eight. Yeah. <laughs> well, did do you guys learn? Uh, because because how how old are both of you? 30, uh, 33. 33. I'm thirty six. So did you? And you're thirty three. You, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm a little bit older. I feel like our destination or our our generation. Sorry, our Thank destination. You. What am I saying? Uh, <laughs> or like the last to to not have YouTube to help. Yeah. Like like reinforce our guitar playing. So At the beginning, yeah. Was mm -hmm. that part of your journey, like having YouTube to like help? No. Like, no. no. Mm -mm. No, but was, I had, you still had Tab. You had like Ultimate Guitar. Yeah. yeah, but they were always wrong. 
yeah, oh, yeah was online. Yeah, yeah, they were, they, were. they were always wrong. I, I'd buy books, mm-hmm. uh, like with that came with a CD, and I put like the CD in, and I'd like. We were the last to do that, probably. Yeah, yeah I, I was. I was at the Gibson. I don't do booth. it anymore. No, no. yeah, I, I still do it. Uh, <laughs> it's probably better. Uh, I still got some know, of my tab books. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I definitely still, buy, still have tab books. I buy a lot. I buy a lot of books um, because I just, I just, it's how I'm used to learning. Mm-hmm. But like, if you want to learn something fast. YouTube is so much faster. It mm-hmm. really, it truly is. But then you don't always get like the why of what you're doing and you get that from an instructional book. Yeah. 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 So it's like, oh, just this, 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 you play this chord and you play this chord and you play this riff and you're like, oh, cool. Why? Yeah. Oh, I don't know why about anything. I'm yeah. like the most theory, like I am. You know what makes the difference in a major and minor chord? Uh, one sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll let you have yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> that count yes yes right. it does all right cool no i i'm i'm so bad with theory it's terrible with it I've okay never mm-hmm. i i've i have trouble getting it to click but like if i'm like okay you're playing this because this is the root and so you can play this basically whenever there's like that chord i'm like oh cool so i can like take that and i can apply it to my gigs and my playing mm-hmm. or like modify a little bit but yeah theory i've never been able to get it to click and i think it's because the guitar really is a hard instrument to learn because you can get the same E on every single string on the guitar. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Even the low E, you can hit that harmonic in the right place and it's the high E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something about like unlocking all the patterns. And once you do that, then the, the fingerboard totally opens. And that, that was yeah. something that happened to me like in my mid-20s where it all like clicked. And I was like, oh, that's how all my heroes go from open to the highest fret right. and not miss anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that really like helped a lot of my playing. But as far as theory, it's like, you know, the greatest guitar players in the world, Django Reinhardt probably didn't know what a minor seven was, but he you know, definitely played them. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I, I, uh, part of it's probably because like, I don't, I haven't done covers in so long. Oh yeah. No, like, like, honestly, probably 12 years. Like I, wow. I don't really do covers. Um, I don't play. I play with a band, but we we played some covers there for fun. Yeah. But the ultimate goal was original material, mm-hmm. and so it was not really like, oh, I messed that up. Whatever. We're just warming up, you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got. I, I do half and half. Like I'm in two bands that play originals, mm-hmm. and then I almost every time I get hired, with very few exceptions, it's for like a cover night. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we do. Well, well, I don't think we do covers. I think, um, and this is where I, I kind of sound like oh, egotistical. Like, no, we just write. We don't do covers. I don't. We don't do covers. Actually, we're going to do one just to make our set longer. <laughs> and, um, but uh, to chime in on the theory part, I think most musicians innately know it, but they don't know they know it. Because, okay. um, like, yeah. for me, it's just like any like, and I guess it just depends on the people I'm around. Like uh, Mike and Spencer in my band. Um, we know, like, it's weird. We, like, we sound like we know we're talking about theory and we get where everyone, like, sounds like, oh, no, the chord progression is this and you do this. And it's just like, oh, yeah, so it's, that's the same chord progression as this. And it's like, oh, yeah, it's this, this, and this. And, but we have no idea. Yeah. And that, and then to me, it's just like, when I try to talk to other musicians about it, it's like the music store talk. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you come in on the beat that's go, pat, 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 do. You know, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Trying to so, communicate with a drummer. Like, yeah, it's, it's, so it's just like, I, and yeah. for me, it's just like, but trying to explain it to anyone else, like, I, I was like, I don't know. I don't know what this chord is. Yeah. I don't know what this is. I just know I'm used to hearing that. 
And I know this goes with that. Right. I think what's important is that you can communicate yeah. what you're trying to say. Yeah. Like, I feel like if you know, like, the difference between, like, a, an eighth note and a triplet. Right. Like, that's, like, the kind of thing where, like, especially with drummers, you're like, oh, can you hit, like, a triplet on that? Or instead of a da da da. I will say what helped me with learning theory a little bit about drums, because I still don't know, is Easy Drummer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, having the right drum parts and, like, oh, so... Yeah, I want a drum fill right here. That's what that is. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. right. I just so. got Easy Drummer three, and it's mm-hmm. like, wow, it, name, name, true, true to its name. It's, it's yes. easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like some people sometimes treat theory theory as like a hindrance. Like yeah. it won't let me just be the creative me I want to be. But there's there's like a limit. I feel like some guitar players mm-hmm. take it to an extreme, and they can't work beyond that. Yeah. They can't be free. And then some people take it the other way. You look at guys like Greg Cock. Yeah, who is so learned and like knows so much but he can just do whatever he wants mm-hmm. yeah. but he could explain it the whole time yeah that's which right which is you know yeah. it's interesting and like there's I think whatever gets you to where you want to be at the end of the day is the only thing that matters mm-hmm. yeah. Ultimately. I agree with that it's, yeah. it's like I don't think Kurt Cobain knew that the reason the chords in lithium work even though they're like really weird is because it's like the major scale of like the fifth note of the scale or whatever like I don't he didn't know that Yeah, it's like it's it's people who go back and they're like oh this works. He knew it worked. Everyone who listened to it knew that it worked. But there are people who can go in and be like, well, here's why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Rick Beato. Like, like yeah. <laughs> theoretically, here's why it works. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I, I, I'm glad that we have people who can do that because like, then I learn and then I can take that and I can try to, try to write something with that. Yeah. Or understand something you already know. Yeah. yeah. I forget, I forget who it was. Speaking of Kurt, um, but they've said no one, and maybe it was an article, but no one, or maybe it was someone in conversation and it was a good point they made. They're like, yeah, you know, no one has, uh, correctly played smell like teen spirit since Kurt, like, cause he starts on this weird upstroke or is mm-hmm. maybe it was another song I'm thinking of. And it's like, everybody learns that song the wrong way. It might've been one of those ads of your playing is the wrong way. Oh, it's, it's like, it's like Blackbird. Paul McCartney's like, everyone plays Blackbird the wrong way because I don't use my middle finger when I pick it. Mm. Oh. Well, so everyone else is playing it better? Yeah. <laughs> More efficiently? Wow. More efficiently? Yeah. Yeah. And it, so my friend Eddie, uh, he actually lives down there in Nashville. You probably met him before. Mm. Eddie had to, yeah, he, uh, I don't know if I say his last name right ever because I don't know how fast to say the Ds. Um, but uh, he's a great dude. He's listened to the podcast forever. But I went and hung out with him last time I was down there. And he uh, he teaches. And he teaches a lot of different types of people. But we were jamming. And, you know, him and his friends are just all over the place doing all kinds of cool stuff that works. And I'm like, they're like, you take one now. I'm like, first of all, I don't do guitar solos. But se- second, and second of all, you guys are all way better than me. But here we go. And I, I would just do some things, and none of it was all that great. But he said, what's what's cool about you is you've been playing long enough, and you love music enough. He's like, even if you don't know what you're doing, he's like, you know when it doesn't work. Oh, and yeah. he said, a lot of the times, some of his students, what he tries to break them out of is like, okay, they've been practicing scales with another teacher forever. So they can do scales up and down the, the fretboard anytime, anywhere, but it's all just playing the scale. Yeah. It's not yeah. using the scale to create. It's just, they're just up and down, which it's important to know, but that doesn't really teach you like how to use your brain melodically very well. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> but also, I should probably learn how to do the scale. <laughs> I forget <laughs> who it was who said, um, 
was Courtney something, and she said, you know, not a lot, not enough players, especially young players, solo the way they would like sing something. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot choppier. There's no like bends into things. Like you, if you were singing, she's like, imagine it's your voice when you when you do a solo, and it's going to sound more melodic, just kind of naturally instead of just like hard eighth notes or something that's just more natural. Mm-hmm. Feels more natural to play if you haven't been playing other ways. Yeah. Well, yeah. David Gilmore recorded all his solos by he would imp- he would improv sing them, record that, and then learn it on the guitar. Ah, yeah, that's uh, which I makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised yes. if that's where she got that. That's yeah. but that's that's smart, honestly. Yeah. Because you breathe, yeah, and like not taking your breath is it. Yeah, it's important. You totally yeah. just made a Pink Floyd pun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, yeah. but uh, that. I can't imagine him like that. That just learning that just blows my mind because I'm like, I think of the guitar solo comfortably numb, and I'm just like, dude, how many takes did that take for you to like just you know, like sing it first? And it was like, or if he nailed it in one take, and it's like, oh, I gotta go learn that. But I'm then, sure how many times have yeah. have we done that solo with our mouth? Oh, like, you know, yeah. like when you think of, and even it comes on the car, I'm like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, oh, that's probably yeah. somewhat at least accurate to how he started it anyway totally that's, yeah. how, that's how I'm gonna start I'm gonna I'm gonna write my next solo doing that <laughs> you Do should it. yeah totally. I'm gonna try it absolutely why not you gotta try different things when you're writing and that's another thing people don't always do like maybe start with a title or start with a hook and then write everything else around that mm-hmm. you yeah. know just do something that's like opposite or just different and I was talking about this with Gibson uh, Dinesh from Gibson is that like you, you, you athletes when like let's say you're you're better and you want, and, and you've been playing the same way. So people know, like, you always hit your balls, like, yeah. up the first baseline. Mm-hmm. So then they shift. So then you have to go, go make an adjustment to try to get your ball on the, like, to the, like, where the shortstop would normally be because the shortstop has shifted, like, over to where the second baseman is. Right. Second baseman's halfway to first base. And that's how you get on first is mm-hmm. by hitting it in a gap. But you need to make small adjustments to be able to do that. So, like, that's like a musician when you're in a rut. What? How do you get out of that rut? By changing something. You don't get out of a rut by doing the same thing the same way because that's what got you in the rut in the first place. Yeah, that's totally. why you buy new pedals. Yeah, yeah. honestly, that's, uh, yeah. Why, that's why you get pedals that scare you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the Microcosm. When I first got it, I was oh. like, what am I going to do oh. with this? And it's now my one of my very favorite pedals I've ever played. Yeah. I, I'm probably the most boring pedal user in the room, which is <laughs> incredibly ironic. Yeah. So I love the pedals. Yeah. I love pedals. I love them too much. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the running joke, at least on our show, is the more complicated a pedal is, I was like, okay, Jason, you do that. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, for me, uh, it's, I mean, we're all nerds, but the nerd in me comes out trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And um, especially like uh, with some of the Chase Bliss stuff, like, oh, yeah. I remember with the habit, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. Figured it out. And yeah. it was like... Um, Honestly, Emily Hopkins' video helped me a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for oh, me, yes. it was like I watched I watched her video. And then, like, I was like, all right, well, you know, I, I made sure not to watch a lot of videos on it. Because I was like, I, I want the excitement of just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And then uh, I forgot who it was on. I think it was on the Chase Bliss user group. Someone was saying something like, um, they replied, and they're like, oh, yeah, if, you, if you've messed with Blooper or... Um, Mood. Mood, yeah. You, you'll get it. And I was yeah. like, okay. And then soon enough, I was like, okay, I got it. They mm-hmm. are the same family. Yeah. Know? It was just kind of cool. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, blooper, when the first time it was showed to me was at Nam, and Nobs was showing me. He's like, this is mm-hmm. what it's going to do. And I first thought, like, there's no way I'm going to be able to figure that out. 
Like, I don't even understand half of what you just said. Yeah. Then when I got one, it wasn't that bad. It was like, oh, yeah. oh, I get it yeah. now. And then I, like a whole song I did, it would be impossible without the blooper. It's completely based around that pedal. Yeah. And it's like, it was like one take, weird thing, but like, yeah. it's, some, it's some people's favorite. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, the tools sometimes are, I, maybe I'm trying to justify my gear buying habits, but to, to me, the tools inspire songs all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. All the time. You gotta I, be inspired by something. I'm embarrassed to say I've not played any of those pedals. Really? <laughs> nope. Oh, man. Once I got out that. of retail, then like I didn't have them readily available to me unless like Joel sent me one. Mm-hmm. It's not because it's not a thing that I would because I'm such a boring, I'm, I'm a boomer trapped in a, you know, post boomer body. <laughs> 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 that, it's never something I would try. And it's it's like, oh, yeah, you missed your headless guitar over there. What are you talking well, about? I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's different. I mean, even that, like, you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't see a guy playing a Stramberg with the blooper because he's playing like the Soldado, which I just bought too. Which <laughs> but um, like, it's, it's like my, my goals are so different because mm-hmm. like anytime, and this is something weird. It, this happened to me when I was a kid. I, I got a uh, guitar hero. Now mm-hmm. I'm going to get to, there's a point. All right. This. And I practiced it and got good at guitar hero. And I thought, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I have a real guitar. And for me, my goal was to get good at that. And anytime something like that where I have to learn how to use something or create without my instrument, I feel like I'm doing my instrument a disservice because that's the kind of guitar player I am. Mm -hmm. And so like anytime that's happened, and I buy, I mean, I've owned a lot of weird things over the years, but uh, it always comes back to, I, I just want to do something different with this, with just my hands. And most of the time when I play guitar, and I have hundreds of pedals, uh, I, I don't even plug in pedals. I might have a reverb and a loop, and that's it. Yeah, that's that's Which a lot crazy. of my at-home playing. Just, yeah. I don't, I don't always want to plug in a bunch of pedals unless I have like a reason to. Yeah. And um, I, I guess a lot of what I have to rehearse at home it is the cover stuff. And frankly, those are usually like country kind of gigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I need a little slapback, reverb, compression, maybe a chord mm-hmm. and drive. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. Like my pedal board stay, like my pedal board is always hooked up. And I think the thing for me is because I'm always in a writing mode and I like, I like the creative process of pedals. Like there are certain riffs that, um, like one of the last song ideas I wrote I I literally chopped it up like Dave Dave Knudsen or Knudsen from mm-hmm. Minus Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I, like rules. I chopped, yeah, I, like no. I chopped it up like him, and then I sampled it. Like for me, it's just like I think of them as tools as well. But, yeah. But they're tools that will allow you to think outside the box if you utilize them properly. So when I got in my little funk of writing and I tried that, I was like, I came up with this cool loop, and I instantly had the loop saved, plugged it up into my interface because I was like, oh, it's on time. So figured out the BPM and just wrote a whole song based around that. And it's for me, it's it's cool because um then I was just like, well, I'm just gonna try to use all the hardest pedals that I could and try to make a song out of this. And I did. And it, for me, it was one of the coolest song ideas ever. <laughs> and I and like every time I listen to it, like, cause that it's not released or anything like that. It's going to be. Um hopefully Good. soon. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be. But um 
Yeah, I, I listen to that and I'm just like, oh man, I created that. And like a lot of the, and you know, it's some people be like, oh, you could have just done all that on the laptop, but I wasn't inspired to. I was right. inspired to do yeah. it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, it's just like, okay, cool. I have this loop save. So I know if I wanted to ever play it live, I could do this whole song live. Yeah. And to me, that's what I enjoy. And I guess for me, I'm like, I said, for me, I'm, I'll learn songs, but for, I just like playing. Like, I just like playing. So, and seeing, and because um, for a while, I call it the chameleon effect, where there were certain bands like Mew, where I was just like, um, me and my friends were totally into them. So we would try to sound exactly like them, playing style and everything. And then for a while, I was like, wait, but what they're doing, what makes them unique is they're just doing their own thing. So I took that mindset and I was like, well, I just want to do my own thing. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, like I said, I, Overall, I just love playing with pedals and just love how they influence creativity. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I rely on them as a crutch because a lot of the songs um, that I come up with, I, with the exception of the last song, I tend to make sure I can strip them down acoustically if need be. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. And and I don't. I, yeah. I very much view them as a complete extension of the instrument. Mm-hmm. That's why they're almost never on the floor for me. They're they're up where I can manipulate them in real time, and it's it's almost like a weird combination of guitar and synth in mm-hmm. in kind of a weird way. The way I approach it, like it kind of sucks to say, but I literally couldn't do a lot of what I do without a ton of stuff. That, that just, doesn't it, suck it to just say. Wouldn't happen. Yeah, it's like there's technology in everything that we do, and there has been technology involved in music since the beginning, pretty much. Like, that's there's, true. There's always been... I guess we couldn't do yeah. anything without a guitar. That's yeah. a piece of technology Yeah, in and of an itself. electric guitar with, with mm-hmm. magnetic pickups. Mm-hmm. And, like, it wouldn't sound the same if, you know, um, uh, Ike Turner hadn't broken his speaker right. on the way to Sun Studios. And uh, music wouldn't sound the same if, like, all the channels in that console were working correctly on that Marty Robbins session. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, um, it, drums in the 80s wouldn't have sounded the same if they hadn't been like, oh, shit, I left the talk back on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all these true. accidents or advancements, I'm sorry, Jason, mm-hmm. that, that have made a lot of things in music completely possible. Yeah. I mean, like, that... that I guess going off that same thing, what I always tell people, if the gear didn't matter, then Cannibal Corpse would pay, play ukuleles. <laughs> well, see, I was going to say, I was going to say, think about what gatekeeping was like back then. Like, especially like, oh, you're playing an electric guitar. That's not a real guitar. Oh yeah, Dylan. Oh, that's what right. did, the yeah. blowback that Dylan got. What? Like what? And that yeah. was even. Yeah, Pete after. Seeker trying to. He's yeah. like, no one can hear the words. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, oh, it's a lesson learned. Gatekeeping has always existed. Yeah, yes, it's always and it never should annoying. have. Yeah, it's ever. always boring. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Gatekeeping makes boring music. Like yeah. that's just what it is. Not that folk music is boring. No. I actually love. I love, I love it. folk there's music. There's a place for it, but it's like it's folk because it's it's always going to kind of be the same. So there's like that comfort in that. But music should, I think, advance. Mm-hmm. I think I think most things should advance, but there should be a space for the traditional, and then there should be space for advancement, and they can live together in harmony. But I think uh, I was going to add on that. I think uh, gatekeeping, if we're gonna go into this world. I think gatekeeping for a little bit hurt a lot of genres. Mainly right now, you're seeing it in the rock genre, like why people, like some people won't, yeah. I said why, not white. Why people, so, <laughs> uh, why, is, why, why? People, why people won't accept like, you know, bands, anything that's not, you know, uh, that's black not jeans, a, black black t-shirt yeah. type yeah, of like thing. Yeah, like certain things like, you mm-hmm. know, there's a reason Greta Van Fleet is huge. And that's not to say they're not talented, 
but mm-hmm. it's what people are comfortable with. Yes. Because yeah, it reminds yeah. them of this era. And, you know, you'll see like a lot of newer bands that try to do something different. Just, uh, no, they, they won't get respected now. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future when that becomes the norm yeah. and that's what is reminded of the classics. But at the same time, you know, growing up and watching like the genre like hip hop, like where you, for the longest time, and I made the joke in high school about some, and I'm, and I'm going to talk about him as a person, but I'm going to give him credit as far as changing the style of hip hop was like someone like Kanye West, because before him, it was all DMX, all like, you cannot be this this way. And then he did it. And then, okay, it was like, okay, cool. So we're just going to yeah. run with whatever. Mm-hmm. And now you have all these other rappers just doing whatever. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's now like, it was kind of clowned on, you know, in the 2000s when like it was merging with metal in different ways. And now That's it's totally like acceptable. It. Yeah. It's like, oh no, yeah. of course, of course metalheads do rap. Yeah. Like yeah. Now it's weird how things become like, you can't do that until you can. And then, yeah. then you can for some reason. I mean, I remember sure. being in middle school and we we would joke that like, oh, if, if hip, if rap and country combined to be called crap because that's what it would sound mm-hmm. like yeah. and then Lil Nas X has like one of the biggest hits of like the past 10 years right a country hip hop song yeah yeah, <clears throat> it's weird it's weird yeah. and there's always going to be people you know trying new things and pushing things and they're going to be yeah. rejected at first yeah and I think that's not just in music that's just in any type of creative endeavor mm-hmm. you know like I don't think pe- that David Lynch was universally praised the first time he came out uh, with something no and running know? up that hill by Kate Bush wasn't a hit in America when it was first released no, not a big no, one no. and yeah. now it's She's now the youngest and oldest woman to have a number one hit in the UK. That's (laughs) That's that's amazing. She's 19 and then 63. I think that's also true in the gear community because it's like, you know, some people will chastise like some of the bigger brands for not like doing newer shapes and doing newer like designs and relying on old things. But when they do, they don't sell. That's the thing. Or, Or they get made fun of like, yeah. I think Acoustasonics sell. Yeah. I think people buy them, but they get clowned on. Yeah. Like, well, okay. It's largely that like, by people haven't yeah. played them, though. I think. I think so. Because I, I was a little bit anti when I was like, "What? What is that?" I played that? one. And was like, "Oh, yep, I get it." Yep. Mm-hmm. I played one and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. See, I played one and I was like, "Come I, on, Zach. I, no." And, and this is where I, I become a hypocrite because I'm like, I played one and but I you get, gave it a try. Yeah. And I was like, I like it, but I wouldn't buy one because I was like, I like my acoustics, acoustic, mm-hmm. and my electrics, mm-hmm. electric. Well, I, I think it's one of those things. It's like. The, the, the Acoustasonic is an interesting point. And I, th- and I feel like Gibson does this too. They release new shapes and usually they just get dunked on. Mm-hmm. But but also, to be fair, uh, I feel like they miss the mark aesthetically a lot of the time. Yeah. Like yeah. I, you know, and I feel like a lot of brands do that. And that, that, that was my main beef with the Acoustasonic. Mm-hmm. It's like, they've done that in the past and it failed. It was, yeah. They were made like ovations. So they brought it yeah. back and they do sound good and they serve a purpose. But... For for me, and I think a lot of people, if it had a little bit more of a traditional acoustic shape, and Fender can do that, mm-hmm. they put Strat headstocks on acoustic guitars all the time. Like, I think it would be more widely appealing mm-hmm. because it's probably going to sound the same and it's going to have a totally different vibe and aesthetic where I don't get the point of having a jazz master with a sound hole that, that doesn't really, it's not really a sound hole. It right. kind of is. Kind of. But you, you know can what I mean? Yell, you can yell into the body sensor pickup a little easier. Right, but you can yell into a PAF too. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, it's just well, weird. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, it's like, that. that's the thing that I don't get, mm-hmm. you know? And, and and there's some there's some shapes that like, you know, like the, the, the Meteora or whatever. Oh. The new... I don't like it. Oh, I love I, it. I like it <laughs> yeah. on See? bass, mm-hmm. and I don't love it on guitar. I think the bass works a little better. Okay, because yeah. it's simpler. I like yeah. the first version with the telly, 
Like the like when it was when they had the Jim Root video of him playing it and it was the butterscotch and it had like the telly layout. Mm-hmm. I liked that and I was like, I want one of those. And then uh saw the price tag, I was like, I will not have one of those for a while. <laughs> well, that's I mean that that's my big hang up. That's yeah. the I'm like, I genuinely think these are cool. I think they're unique. I don't yeah. I, I don't think they are an acoustic guitar or an electric guitar, it's something mm-hmm. in between. Yeah. And I dig it. And I, Especially after I heard what Jack White did with one, I was like, wait, wait a minute. Right. You know, I love that you leaked one of them too with Jessica Dobson. (sighs) Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) I saw her a few days later. Uh, I was like loaning her my, my sled, her and Peter, my sled. And I was like, how about that jazz master? She's like, they didn't tell me it was embargoed. Right. (laughs) They just sent it to me and said, tell us what you think. So I I talked about it and then they're like, <laughs> we forgot to mention. Oops. It's not released yet. It's not released <laughs> yet. Yeah. They didn't ever say anything to me. Uh, well, I think because they knew it wasn't your fault. Right. And it wasn't really her fault. No. It was just a miscommunication. Yeah. Things happened. And like, it wasn't a massive leak. It wasn't like, it was kind of a little bit of an in-passing thing, but. I mean, a lot of people did find out about it. I think a lot of people saw it coming. Yeah. Because it was a big success. And I'm not trying to like, you know, be mean to Fender. I think Fender on the whole is probably the most important. I mean, they're definitely the most important guitar company ever. But as far as... so much right. Bringing people to the guitar, they are the people to do it. And they're doing it incredibly well. Mm -hmm. Because they went off the research instead of like what they felt like was... Because we, we used to think that like, men played 96% of guitars because the the study of that study was based on people who insure like guitars that are over like $3,000, which happens to be mostly more established players or blues lawyers, Mm -hmm. dentists and stuff like that. And they're like, well, actually, when you look at, because I always said this about music, like, yeah, maybe right now a lot of the biggest performers are, are men, but when you go, the farther down you go into like the beginner cycle, the the more equitable it is, the more women you see. And then they kind of get booted off of bills because they like they get their quota filled and no more. And that's what they do sometimes. So Fender actually looked and be like, oh, well, if we actually get these people who are buying guitars and it's like actually pretty much equal, if we can get them to keep playing guitars, then they're going to keep buying guitars. And if the first guitar is a Fender... So mm-hmm. is their second, third, and fourth probably? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's one thing that um I kept praising them for, and I will continue to sing praises for them. Fender as a company, especially in the last few years, and, I, and that's what more so I'm referring to. Uh yeah. they have been very inclusive and it didn't and it didn't come across as pandering. No. Like, and right. that's and I like, you know, for me, I was like, okay, cool. So seeing some of their videos, like you see something like the Herstrat, and yeah. I'm just like, this is awesome. Like, you know. It's not. It's not like they're like, oh yeah, let's just grab the first black person, whatever, and like you know, you know, you know, prop them up. It's a great fit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a great. She's just a. I'm sorry, a phenomenal player. I caught myself. (laughs) Yeah, no, but like, but that's that's, but that's the thing though. Like for me, I think that's why they're important, at least more so to this current generation, because it's just like you know, people may joke on something like the Billie Eilish ukulele. But I was like, but that's encouraging people to play. People are yeah. going to start with that's that gonna and then they're going to get a Telecaster or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be part of their life. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of, it's not kind of dumb. It's super dumb for anybody who's really invested in guitar, whether that's somebody with a gear company or whether it's somebody who just really loves the instrument 
to clown on anything that's going to bring in fresh blood into it. Because totally. yeah. guess what? Our favorite hobby doesn't exist anymore if new players don't pick up the instrument. Yeah. It or goes just, away. It becomes uh, astronomically more expensive. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you you want to try out some like $500 squires that, that sound great? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But like that doesn't exist if people aren't buying them because there aren't new players. It, I think it was also someone at Fender who pointed out that Taylor Swift has sold more guitars like to pretty much anyone. She's yeah. like the most influential guitarist for young guitarists because it's girls buying acoustic guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And that was in that article that was like, is the guitar dead? And then Fender's like, no. Like, even in the article, I feel like they were the ones who were like, what? Mm-hmm. Who's writing this? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 those have always felt weird. And I try to remove my personal bias from it. Right. But like, it doesn't even really line up with the numbers either. Like no. that's just based upon, it, those are always based upon, well, there's no big rock and roll bands on the charts now. Yeah, And it's like, that doesn't mean yeah. anything. I was like, like, that's just like a gatekeeping fake yeah. news, fake yeah. news. Yeah. They're all, you know, it's dead because my genre is not popular. <laughs> right. Fake yeah. news. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's all that yeah. is. And to me, it's just absurd. Like, oh, so you think this company is dead because they're not making guitar that's catered to you. Yeah. Like it's, well, it's like you don't have a lot of trumpets in pop music either, but they still sell a ton of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, you know, kind of the when those articles came out, I you know, I was just like, okay, maybe the traditional thing is is a little bit over in some ways. But I said, you know who's never cried like, oh, the guitar is dead? Guitar string companies. <laughs> Like, yeah, I've never heard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never heard, you know, I'm more thinking of the big ones though. Like, has Daddario ever been like, oh boy, well, it looks I mean, like we're about to close up shop. In a rough it's, year. Like, yeah. mm, no, they're no. still selling strings. They also sell trumpets. They, they sell reeds and stuff too, they? sell don't reeds, they? yeah, stuff yeah. for horns players and yeah. stuff, yeah. But, but mostly strings. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, there stuff. is some truth to like the big rock band stuff, thing yeah. is kind of dead. Yeah. But, Which, I mean, you know, but the, well, well, the big rock bands, yeah. the Guns N' Roses. I mean, like, there's definitely going to be those bands, but what's coming For like now. that? Yeah. yeah. But I don't, you know, I don't think, I don't think there's ever going to be quite the resurgence of that, not at the mm-hmm. level that it ever was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, guitar heroes are still going to exist. John Mayer is not going to go away. Taylor Swift's going to sell mm-hmm. a ton of guitar. Country music sells so many oh, guitars. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm like, know? okay. There's, more, there's yeah. more rock guitar in country music than probably most rock music yeah, that's like on the radio. The Brothers Osborne. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. God, mm-hmm. and they're all incredible players. Too. Yeah, no, like I forget, I forget the guitarist name. John. John, yeah, he. Uh, I just love listening to him play, man. He's great. See, yeah. he's a killer. But to add on to that, I I agree with you, Zach. I just I think as a whole, um, especially like nowadays, uh, I think people have to realize that music has changed, yeah. and music. Like, there will never be another Nirvana. I know people are like, oh, you're the next Nirvana. There'll never be another Nirvana. However, you know, like, past couple years, there was the 1975, and they Mm -hmm. were huge, Mm -hmm. and they were playing, you know, a Fender Mustang. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, I think, I think, um, what I've learned is we have to remove ourselves from the idea of, like, this idolized version of, oh, you know, there will always be this band because, you know, At The Drive-In was pitched to be the next Nirvana and that didn't happen. Right. And, and it's just like, yeah. you know, I, I think I think right now with rock music, so somewhat to go off on a tangent, I think it's just going to change into this thing that no one, or it's already changing where it's, 
bringing things in. Like you have someone like Willow Smith, and I know some people will roast oh, me for saying she's it. Fun, yeah, but she's bringing it to a younger audience. And if she keeps going the way that she's going, I, I can't see the future. I, you know, I think she's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, and you know, we joke on like someone like MGK. I do, and I'm not going to be about <laughs> that. But at the same time, as much as I do not like that telly. He, I, they sell a lot of them, yeah. Surprisingly, and he, you know, for better or worse, you know, yeah. he's he's doing something, and that's the thing that I like. Like yeah. you have to take my personal bias aside and just be like, well, objectively, what are they doing, and what are they doing for the community? Is yeah. it good or bad? And Olivia Rodrigo, yeah. is she's got a bunch of guitars in her songs, and a lot of pop music, frankly, it does have guitar, and it it does seem to be cyclical. Like I went through and was listening to Billboard. Hot 100 for every year, starting in 2007, which got really difficult because the music got really <laughs> not <laughs> But now there's a lot of like kind of um, now Rodgers and styled funk guitar in songs. Like Lizzo's got a bunch of it. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's uh, an example. Party in the USA had a cool guitar. It's like a really cool guitar. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's a little bit older, yeah. but I think, it, I think it's just changing how people are using it. I think like guitar solos that are like November Rain, yeah. Uh, maybe not maybe not so much of that but it's more like how does it suit the song instead of how does it suit having a rock god yeah I mean for but sure. a, a perfect analogy for that too is uh, and I'm somewhat dating myself um, I remember when Snoop Dogg's Sensual Seduction came out and the micro chord is the keyboard that's that is that pad sound yeah huh. and there was a bunch of hip hop artists at that time that like bought a crap ton of those yeah. because it was it was that sound. Like, it's an easily yeah. obtainable and it's that sound. So for me, I think, you know, we look at these artists and it's just like, yeah, you know, our genre of choice might not be the biggest, but there are still people pushing it. And the question is like, okay, while the peer, like people right now aren't the biggest, will the future gener- like will the future be bigger? Yeah. And I I think we're heading in a direction where while rock might not resemble what it once was, I, I think we're seeing a lot in terms of resurgence to guitar-based music. Yeah. It's just not what we saw in the past. It's not classic 80s yeah. rock. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of the my favorite music right now is being made by women in the indie genre. Mm-hmm. They're all inspired more by like Liz Fair's guitar playing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. than David Gilmore's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you can tell, you can hear it. You can hear like they listen to a lot of Liz Fair, Sheryl Crow. Shania Twain. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But like, um, to kind of add to that, like, I, I know some of my friends in the post-hardcore scene, like, they, I was like, yeah, that genre was dead, but, and it was like, this is dead and buried. But however, um, you look at a band like Turnstile right now, and they're oh, huge. Yeah. Killing, like, killing it. They're huge. Yeah. And it's just like, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, bands like that, I'm just like, okay, they're doing something. What are they doing? And it's like, they're going to go on and influence, much like My Chemical Romance, influence a ton of people Mm -hmm. to come. And and it is very cyclical. Cyclical? Yes. There you go. So, um, yeah, well, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen next. Because I, anytime someone says guitar is dead, I'm just like, that's some boomer. It's not. You just get over. over." Like, I'm just 
curious to see how oh, it's no, going to be implemented. We're in a pretty big building right now that is largely financed by the sales of guitar bass. Oh, yeah. Yes. How many, so, how many a, a day go out of the I door? I don't know. They a said lot. they had 700 what, to 1,000. I want to say it was like a thousand, like right, yeah. a thousand or 1,100. Mm-hmm. Some large number. I was like, damn. It's five yeah. figures in the warehouse right now. Mm-hmm. It's wild. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It is. Yes. <laughs> it is. And I think circling back to Sweetwater, where yeah. we're sitting and recording this, uh, the the warehouse is awe inspiring. Oh my god! From proficiency, but just the sheer level of inventory is so yeah. incredible. Right. I thought I was going to feel like Belle and Beauty and the Beast when she saw the library for the first time. <laughs> but it, was, it was very Raiders of the Lost Ark, and I made the same comment. Yeah, and one thing that that the guys giving us the tour said is said they said that. You know, so people are like, where's all your inventory? It's like, everything's sold out. And they're like, well, it gets online and then it sells immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's where it goes. So if you want something, you better watch for it. Mm-hmm. So, or pre-order it. Or yeah. that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, that feels like a good, nice plug to wrap this up. I see that I got some people waiting for me outside. So oh. uh, let's, uh, let's uh, let you guys like plug your guys' stuff real quick. And then... Uh, We'll jet on. Oh, <laughs> everybody's looking at me. I was like, okay, I'll start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Jason again. Uh, I am with Working Class Music. You can find us on Instagram at WCM Show, or you can look up our YouTube channel where I think we're pretty cool. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we I think have. So. Thank you. And if you're listening to this, definitely use everybody's in here, everybody that's in here, use our affiliate links. We all have yeah. them. And uh, that would definitely help us out. Yeah. Uh, so. My favorite way to support. Yes. Get Offset podcast, which is my channel. Uh, it's Get Offset on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Um, Emily on guitars on Twitter. That's my Twitter. Um, yeah, and check out my bands Sunday Crush, Sunday Crush, and Jerf J E R F. And I have I got music out there too at um, EmilyEffingHarris dot com. But you would actually spell out the F word. Mm-hmm. My nice. favorite URL. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm Zach from the Dipped in Tone podcast and. Uh, we have an Instagram. We never use it. Uh, we're just on YouTube, uh, Dipped in Tone, and uh, you know podcast places. And then I make Mythos Pedals with a small crew in Nashville. So check out MythosPedals.com for um, all things fuzzy and distorted and, I don't know, some, and some, wonderful. some and boom, boomer pedals. Some boomer pedals. <laughs> There's a place. You gotta right. make, if you want to make boomer music. That's yeah. right. Yeah, just like Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. great. So for Jason, Emily, and Zach, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. That was a great time. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoy all of those people. So please check out everything that they do. They do a lot of stuff. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably going to like the stuff that they do. And the links for all of that will be in the show notes of this podcast. But as you heard... As you heard, I had a guest waiting outside, so we had to cut this conversation, well, not short, but shorter than I would have liked to have because we were really on a roll, I felt like. But I did have a very special guest waiting outside. And if you are a patron of the podcast, if you're a supporter of the show, you're going to get to hear that basically whenever you want because it's available right now for people who support the show either through Patreon or through Apple Podcasts premium subscriptions. That is available right this moment. Everyone else is going to have to wait for, I'm not really sure how long at this point, because time is a construct and I don't know where I am. Yes, I'm exhausted. I'm rambling, but I thank you for hanging out with me to this point. If you're still listening to me talk, 
I really think you should probably go do something else because I'm not saying a whole lot at this point. I'm just talking about, the, you know, a lot of, all right, I got to go to bed. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you on the internet very soon. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.